Good morning, and welcome to The Morning Fix. I'm Amy Shepard, and I'm here with my co-host, Julie Dye. Hello, and welcome to The Morning Fix. Today, we're looking forward to an important and very timely conversation with Dr. Erica Montez, a board-certified OBGYN and the founder of the Modern Mujer Health Blog. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Montez. Yeah, thank you, Julie. I appreciate you having me on. Dr. Montez, tell us more about your background and the work you are doing. Can you expand on how you reach women through the modern mujer? Yeah, thank you so much. So uh, again, thank you for the the nice introduction. My name is Erica Montes, and I am a board-certified obstetrician and gynecologist. I've been practicing now for 10 years in Arizona, but I did all my training in Texas. So I'm very familiar with that state. About three years ago, when I w- when I had my third son, I was up one night just kind of thinking about things and just kind of realizing how far I've come in my career and what I've learned so far from my my um, position and also from my patients. And I realized that I had so much information to share with patients, specifically um, Latina patients or, or Spanish-speaking patients. And so that's kind of how the idea of the modern mujer came about. And Uh, It's taken off in these almost last three years, and I've done a lot of great work, met a lot of great people. Um, Today, I'm I'm very happy to be joining the women's health company called Organon. And what we're really wanting to do, especially like you mentioned in this timely, um, in this in this time, it's so so important to have women um, know the tools and help them make informed decisions around birth control, and also provide them with concise and important information. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing then in that space and with Organon? Yeah. So especially with when just in general, we all know that it can be very difficult to have personal conversations around our reproductive health, sex, contraception, and specifically Latinas because of our upbringing and, and kind of how those topics can be pretty taboo for us. And so what our focus is, is basically just to kind of have, tell, uh, help women know how to have, what questions to ask their physician or their female healthcare provider, and then also just give them information on what options are available out there. Dr. Montez, a big part of your blog and work is helping women make informed decisions about contraception. Do you have some questions that women should ask their healthcare providers? Yes, definitely. Thanks for asking me that. Um, some key questions that I would suggest women to consider and kind of in order to help them prepare for that conversation with their physician would be, what are the different options that are available, of course? Um, how does each method work to prevent pregnancy? Are there any risks that I should be aware of? When should I consider when deciding what me- which method may be right for me? And then, of course, is there what are, what's my insurance coverage? And then how long does it take for my fertility to return after I stop a certain method? Those are all great things that women you know, should all be thinking about. Do you find that there are... Are there certain ways that it's easier to have a Latina or Hispanic woman, you know, think about those things? Or what are some of the barriers maybe that that some women in that community face when talking about or thinking about contraception? Yeah, thanks for that. That great question. You know, I think what I find is that a lot of a lot of Latinas 
uh, it's really their first time when speaking about these topics such as contraception and sex um, happen to be with their physician for the very first time. And so whenever I have a patient who I can tell they're kind of nervous or, or they feel uncomfortable with the with the conversation, but I know they want to know more. I know that they, they want to broach that subject. I basically just tell them, look, I'm here to help you. I want you to feel comfortable. I want you to have all your questions answered, especially because there are a lot of misconceptions around the topic of reproductive health and especially contraception um, with social media and on, and all these different platforms. So I think if they're, if they feel like every question is important, and they can ask me that question and feel comfortable with that. I think that helps. So contraception, women's health, um, women's health services are all very uh, front and center over this past few months, ever since the Supreme Court made the decision to push the question of abortion care back to the states. And I'd like to know, you know, as an OBGYN, how you have seen or heard about the impact of this decision, and especially in the Latina and Hispanic communities, you know, what what do we see for the future of women's health care um, because of that decision? Yeah, thank you. You know, especially with Latinas, we know that unintended pregnancies occur in the United States at about a 45% rate. And so unfortunately, that, that, that rate or that... Um, unintended pregnancy does disproportionately affect Latinas specifically. Um, for me personally, I have seen an increase in, in my patients coming in asking for appointments regarding contraceptive counseling because they're concerned, they're worried, they want to make sure that they are covered and that they can decrease the risk of unintended pregnancies and they basically just want to know what options they have. And there are a lot more patients and women out there who want to know about more permanent options such as sterilization. And so I think overall, the the, con the contraceptive op information is equally as important in helping women understand their options and also prior prioritize their reproductive health. So I think overall, we're I'm really happy that I'm working on this, um, this project with Organon so that way we can bring that to the forefront and let women know what options are available to them. That sort of goes into my next question, Dr. Montez, where I was ask, going to ask if you thought these restrictive laws in certain states were going to um, encourage women to look at better and more effective birth control options. Have you heard of any new birth control options on the horizon? And what about options for males? Yeah, sure. So, you know, I think I think one thing, one option that's g going to bring kind of have more awareness around it and also more women would likely want to use it are the what we call the long acting reversible contraceptive options, which include the intrauterine device or the arm implant. Those options are very, very uh, unfortunately in our country underutilized. They are used a little bit more in, in other countries such as Europe. And so I think bringing awareness and more women using them will be great because they are they're they're long acting. They last for many, many years and they're very effective um, there. There's not there's not too many new new methods out there that I would that I could speak speak on. And um, and as far as male contraceptive methods, um, 
I'm, I'm focusing more on women's options today, but I think what I always tell my patients is the best method is, or two things. Um, number one, the one you actually use. And number two, you, the one that you actually know how to use and you use it, use it well, because that sound, that might sound pretty obvious, but I think that we, if, if we have to make sure as physicians and as healthcare providers that we know our, that our patients know how to use it and, and what's the, and they also um, use it correctly. That, that, that absolutely <laughs> makes sense, right? Exactly. Um, well, you know, one of the other reasons we wanted to talk to you is that October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and that's coming up pretty soon here. And so could you talk to us about breast cancer in the Latino community and anything that, you know, that community needs to be aware of um, specific to, you know, that disease or their risk factors or things that they should know? Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Um, Unfortunately, with a lot of certain conditions and, and diseases, Latinas are disproportionately affected. But Breast cancer is actually the most common um, cancer diagnosis for women of color, and it is the leading cause of cancer deaths in Latinas. And and kind of just in general, we find that Latinas aren't going as often for their annual mammograms or for their screenings, and that's why we tend to see those unfortunate statistics. And, And other diseases or conditions that affect Latinas as well are another one is cervical cancer, which we know that their cervical cancer rates are about 45% higher than, than um, non-Latinas. And it's just one of those things where we have to, we know there's a lot of barriers, but I think with me being able to work with different companies such as Organon and just kind of bringing, kind of showing that preventative health care is important um, from a cancer perspective and also from a reproductive health perspective where we hopefully can improve those um, statistics. Yeah, absolutely. I am working on a project right now in the breast health space. um, And it is, interestingly enough, targeted to the Latina community. And we did some research and and we found out that, um, you know, one of the barriers and one of the misconceptions in among some people, and this was a very small sample size, so, you know, it's not, you know, we can't say this is generally true of everybody, but some women said, well, I'm in good health now and my, my mother didn't have it, so I shouldn't worry about it. And so, you know, we're trying to help uh, raise awareness that there are other risk factors besides your mother or your aunt having it, that, you know, there are genetic issues and um, lifestyle issues at play here. So, you know, I feel like when it comes to health literacy and, you know, reaching populations that have not had as much access and information um, about different health issues, I just think it's a really important, important thing. Yeah, I could I couldn't agree more. And I'm I'm happy that you're able to work with that team because I think that the more that we can get professionals out there who are relatable to to these populations, um, I think that's really what's what's gonna help us reach them and, and help us make a difference. Do you tell us a little bit about your blog? Um, and you know, I know that it is in, in English and Spanish. And aside from, you know, having you know, in language materials, what are the other ways that you think are, are, are effective at reaching, you know, the, the, the women that you're trying to reach? Yeah. So I think one other, another way that I have found um, 
have I've found some some great ways to reach our community is just working with grassroots organizations, um, especially for the Latina community. We I know from my upbringing, growing up, and and just my patients in general, it seems as though there there can be that issue of trust, and so if they see people that look like them or speak like them and, and they're out actually out there in their community co- showing up and giving them information versus them coming to a clinic per se uh, and speaking to a physician I think that that definitely is is what I've seen the seen to work have seen to work really well um, it's it's one of those things where if unfortunately there's only about six percent of practicing physicians in the United States that are Spanish speaking or, or that identify as, as Latino or Latina. And so we also know that the population in our country is changing. Um, and so I think if we are able to, uh, in effect, uh, encourage more students who of our, our background, Latino or Latina or Spanish speaking to come into medicine and, and help um, take care of these patients, I think that also will help in the future. Doctor, I wanted to circle back to my last question. Um, you know, Julie and I use our platform, our podcast here to disseminate the messages that we feel are most important within the healthcare um, community, healthcare, health tech, public health. And um, that's why we're so thrilled to talk to you today. I wanted to go back um, and ask you to repeat the advice that you uh, mentioned in terms of birth control options, knowing what to use and how to use it, because I feel that was, it, it's really essential and that was critical information. So, so say again, uh, what you recommend. Yeah, thank you. So the first thing is what you, you want to def, you want to definitely ask, what are the different options out there? And those can include things such as the uh, oral contraceptive pills that can include a vaginal ring and injection uh, also a patch. And then there's the long acting reversible contraceptive methods, which can include the intrauterine device, the arm implant, and then sterilization. Then you also want to make sure you ask, how does each method work to prevent pregnancy and how effective is it? Uh, you, wanna, you want to make sure that you're asking about what risks you should be aware of and how will it affect your health, current health conditions, because based on your health history that may limit your options. And then you also want to know what is covered under your insurance. And finally, one thing that I, one um, thing that I wanted to bring up for the readers too, is if you're looking for a reliable and concise website for just information about your options and how to have that conversation with your physician or healthcare provider, you can visit whatsnextforher.com. Oh, that's a great resource. I'm so glad that you mentioned that. So it's wex, what's next for her.com. Correct. Thank you. Great. Awesome. Well, we have one final parting question for you that we love to ask each of our guests. Since you are here on the morning fix by 510K Cafe, we'd love to know what is your morning fix? How do you get started each morning? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I love I love the name, by the way. I was going to mention that to you all. Um, so I actually do, uh, some stretching and about a hundred, I try to get about 150 jumping jacks in cause it's, <laughs> it's quick and it's the, and it gives me a little cardio 
uh, cardio and, and just strength training in there. So that, that's what I do every morning. That's oh, awesome. I love it. That's a great way to, that's a great way to start your day. Well, Dr. Montez, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to speak today and to share some great ideas and, um, and we, we're really happy to, to have you on the show. So thank you again for your time. Thank you so much, Amy and Julie. I appreciate your time too. And thank you to everyone for listening. And we hope you enjoy hearing from our awesome medical leaders. And thank you for tuning in to the Morning Fix by 510K Cafe.